Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Valerie Bercier and Heather DeRico. Both Heather and Valerie bowl PWBA events and are also involved on the nutrition side of bowling and helping inform women on the PWBA tour, but also men and anyone who's interested on the nutrition side of bowling and how that all affects our game. So Valerie and Heather, I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, this is a, this is one that me and Steve have been looking forward to because it's something that some bowlers overlook and they shouldn't overlook it. It's a lot of health and nutrition. So we thought we'd get the health and nutrition bowling gurus on today. And the first question we want to talk about, I, I thought we'd begin with, with all the traveling that bowlers do, how can we keep our immune systems where they need to be so we're not getting to a destination where we're bowling and, and have the sniffles or have a cold or have, have just that even that fatigue that we sometimes see set in? Sure, sure. I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I think the biggest thing is when you're traveling, you're sitting on a plane or in a car for extended periods of time. Um, you need to get up and just get moving <laughs> and don't forget to get up and move and stretch and get the blood flowing, get the lymph flowing. Um, you know, in between layovers, you can, you know, find a corner if it's not too crazy of an airport, just find a little spot to go do a little bit of stretching, walk around the airport a little bit if you've got time. Um, little things like that could go a very, very long way. Um, and then something I learned from my mom was always take antibacterial wipes with you because the planes don't get cleaned in between all the mm. time. So if you bring those with you, you can wipe stuff down. So if you do snack on the plane, which I highly recommend, and I'm sure Valerie will go over that part, um, you know, making sure that you're eating frequently, but make sure your area is clean too. So those are two of my tips. Those are really good points, Heather. And um, what's really funny because Heather and I are both um, fighting colds at this moment in time, but um, and I know Heather just posted um, on her Instagram and, and Facebook that even if you do have a cold, the best thing that you can do is move and it gets the blood flowing and um, clears you up a little bit. And so um, it's okay to bowl with a cold, but in order to, you know, prevent that, um, hydration is key. I think when we travel, we uh. forget to bring our own water bottle. Um, and then we're like the planes offer you what, like a shot of water while you're on the plane for your whole entire <laughs> <laughs> trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what I do is I bring my own water bottle. Um, of course, it's hard to, you know, get up and use the restroom in the middle of the um, flight. But uh, most people are, you know, sit in the aisle if that's uh, a worry for you. But I've also come like I fly Southwest all the time. And I ask I've learned to ask for the whole entire can of you know water because they have cans of water or cans of soda water and the last flight i'll share a little story the last flight i was on i asked her if i could have a can of soda water because i had already had a full bottle of regular water and she goes oh you know i don't know if we have those um this trip but because i was looking for one myself and i go oh okay so she goes oh my gosh she came back she found one 
And then halfway, it was a five hour flight. So then halfway through, she brought me another one without even asking. So I, you just got to ask um, for it. And then like Heather said, bring your snacks with you. Um, I choose not to eat the things like pretzels and cheeses and you know, all of those high carb, low new um, nutrition. Like new, I always mess that up. Like po- nutrient poor snacks. Um, I just just choose not to because it's just going to spike your blood sugar and um, not really fill you up. So, um, do you guys want me to go into a couple of the healthier snack options or? I, I think that? that would be no. I think that would be a great thing because I think that's one thing that happens a lot. You know, this is the uh, the uh, collegiate spotlight, storm collegiate spotlight podcast. But with as far as bowling goes and bowling uh, collegially in competitions, and you look at the food options that are typically available, you know, either inside the bowling center or if you only have you know just a quick, uh, you know, just a very short amount of time in between squads. You know, what are your chances of finding the right kind of food when you're trying to cram? You know, you got five minutes and you know, what kind of options do you have? How do you, how do you choose or select the proper types of foods that, that it can still be convenient when a lot of times you're going to bowl a tournament and it's on a real tight schedule? Yeah, definitely. Well, the first thing is to plan in advance. Um, always, if you can grab, you can choose whole foods like fruit, um, apples, bananas. If you're actually, you know, traveling quite far, even traveling to another country, um, and I know that, like you said, it's the Storm Collegiate podcast, but um, if your aspirations are to travel the world and bowl, you know, either on an amateur level or professional level, you, you actually can't travel with fruit. So <laughs> don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, trail mix, you can make your own trail mix or even just go and buy because that's got protein, a good amount of uh, or good carbs because um, you still want to have carbs, especially to sustain energy. And then I'm a big fan of, you know, pairing the fruit with nut butters. Um, and, you know, Heather does that too. And, you know, there's specific mm. bars that you can, uh, like energy bars. I would sh- I would shy away from or at least look at the um, nutrition facts label first. Don't just go for, like, Quaker granola bars because those are just, it's essentially pure sugar. So look for ones that have um, a good amount of protein, fat, and um, carbs kind of like a balance if you look at them. You don't have to know a lot, you know, but if it's got 45 grams of carbs and, you know, 10 grams of fat and then one gram of protein, not a good balance. Mm -hmm. And the one other thing I've noticed, and maybe I feel like they've changed this rule when it comes to flying, is you can take food through security. So you could take your your little prepackaged trail mix or your your pre-made trail mix or your, your bag of almonds or peanuts or whatever you want to bring through security and you wouldn't have any issues. And then you're not beholden to the, you know, Cheez-Its or pretzels or whatever you get on the plane or having to, you know, pay, you know, $18 for a, a little three ounce bag of trail mix once you get through <laughs> security too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Heather, have you ever, like you, I mean, I personally bring an entire huge bag of what we call fueling. And mm-hmm. if you so now that I TSA pre-check, you don't actually have to take your food out of your bag. But before I had TSA pre-check, I actually had to take my like massive gallon bag of you know fuelings out, and they would just stare at me, you know, because it's you, do you have food in your bag? Yeah, so you just take it out, and um, you know it's not a big deal as long as you, in in a way, declare it. 
sure. I hey, keep a stash of protein bars with me at all times to the point where when I show up to PWBA events, Maria, Jose Rodriguez, and Liz Johnson will come up to me and be like, oh, did you check this bar out? And they always bring me one to try um, because they know that I'm always trying different protein bars and checking them out and carrying them with me everywhere. So I usually bring protein bars just because I have a very high protein goal as it is. And I think generally speaking, most people struggle to eat enough protein. Um, so I think protein bars are a great way to kind of get that extra protein mm. in and have a nice healthy snack. But like Valerie said, um, making sure that you're checking the labels and looking at that sugar content, and that could be very, very tricky because some of them, they taste great, but the sugar content is so high. So, you know, learning to look at that and pick the best option you can find. Yeah, you might think that you're you're doing well and eating the right things, but if you don't look at that label, I can see how you you know you get mis you know kind of misdirected into thinking mm-hmm. you're being healthy, but you're you're really not. Um, hey, question I've got for you, Heather. This relates to uh, you know one of the articles that you've posted on your your Bullfit uh, page here is that uh, it's titled here the scientific reason why women need to go heavy for fitness and power. That's one mm-hmm. of the things I've heard, not just specifically with women, but I think a lot of times you know bowlers think. Uh, for example, well, I don't want to lift heavy because I'm going to get too bulky and then it's going to, you know, affect my bowling game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All, I, I get that. I love this. <laughs> and I, I'm like, so excited for her answer. Yes, it happens all the time. Um, even with, with some clients that I've had a while, it can be an ongoing thing where you have to um, slowly let them get used to the idea of it because it freaks people out. They think that Um, They're going to start lifting heavy weights and all of a sudden look like a bodybuilder. And Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to bodybuilding and gaining a lot of muscle mass, what they're actually doing in their programming is a very, very high volume of training. So they're training frequently and they're training with like higher sets and reps, right? And that's how they're really packing on the muscle and getting that bulk. Um, when you're lifting heavier and focusing on strength, typically your sets and reps are going to be a lot lower, a lower volume, and just like a higher intensity at those lower reps. And when you're training in that manner, you're not going to pack on that muscle mass, um, especially with women. We don't have the testosterone levels to do that. You know, a guy is going to get a lot more um, visible they're going to get more visible changes quicker because of their testosterone, but women are not. So um, that fear of being bulky is not, it's not there. So yeah, that is a big fear with everybody. And then with bowling, people are always afraid it's going to ruin their swing and make them more mechanical. Um, I've talked to a lot of coaches, especially in the college setting. Um, And Del Warren being a big one who really looks at the physical game And he's seen the opposite. As people get stronger, it actually helps them to loosen their swing up and be more efficient with their body getting to the line. So um, what we're seeing is is the opposite of what people are afraid of. So it's very interesting. Wow. How about that? That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Valerie, do you have anything to to add to that? Well, I was actually just going to say for myself, I've had conversations with Heather all the time. We go back and forth and we work together you know as health coaches and kind of bounce ideas off of each other in terms of nutrition and exercise and when what I noticed when I started to lift I mean I've always been into lifting weights but um, she just validated my 
theory of becoming more flexible with lifting heavier. And so, for example, it's just like when you deepen your squat, you're able, like you just, you stretch out those um, muscles that allow you, like you're putting more weight on your body. I'm, you know, probably not explaining it in the way that Heather can, but um, from my, you know, perspective, you're putting more weight on your your joints and allowing them to stretch in a way. So, in, mm-hmm. and then we've also had conversations about running where running actually can make you less flexible because your muscles like cramp up and, and tighten up and unless you stretch really, really well um, mm. after running. So it's just, that's kind of like another concept that we might have just busted for people as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point because I have had that conversation with clients as well. We want to improve your mobility and your flexibility. Uh, heavier weights and strength training actually helps with that. Sometimes we have tight muscles, not because they're overworked, but because they're underworked. Like you're not activating mm-hmm. and using them enough. So by building more strength, mm-hmm. you allow the, that muscle to become more pliable, so it can be stretched a little bit further. And what? Uh, we- yeah, Heather, you've talked about sitting too, where two people, even mm-hmm. if you have an office job, your hip flexors get wicked tight and your glutes get really stretched out and and weak right Heather yeah I I don't like using the word weak (laughs) we try to stay away from that word in the strength conditioning field um but yeah just underutilized right they're not being used enough like they should so Heather then before any of us and this can be whether you're bowling you know you're a 22 year old or 19 year old in college bowling or that that guy bowling league or gal bowling league should we do any sort of light stretching or is it better to just take your first couple of shots kind of at half speed or a third speed and get your body into a motion? What are your, what's your advice for that? Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend uh, doing a pretty thorough warm up that loosens up all of your joints. Even the ones you don't think that you're using that much when you bowl, you probably are more than you think. So loosening up your ankles, um, doing something for your knees, like a lunge or a squat, something for your hips, open up your hips, doing some hip circles or some leg swings, um, arm circles, something for your back, like torso twists. There's so many different things you can do, but do something to get the blood flowing and loosen up those muscles. Because what happens is if you go into that first practice shot full speed and your muscles are cold, it's like a rubber band that's already stretched a little too far. It's just ready to snap. So that's where you get a muscle tear. Um, so that's where you're going to pull your quad muscle or pull your hamstring on one of those shots where your body just wasn't warm prior to going full speed. And then I don't know about you guys, but when I practice my first couple shots, even if I do a thorough warm up, I'm still going 50 percent that first one, 80 percent the next one, and then full speed just to kind of get a feel for everything. Um, and make sure that everything feels right with the approach. But I don't know how people jump right into it without warming up and go full speed. It amazes me when I see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely amazes definitely amazes me too. I don't know how they do it, but I, I know that if you do the, I mean, the proper warm ups a, a little bit, at least you have a, a better chance of. I, I did. I have heard this before from some other coaches about the difference between. Uh, warming up or loosening up and then and then lining up you know and when you only have mm. maybe five or ten minutes if you're spending that five or ten minutes before the start of your squad and you're just trying to you know get loosened up and get uh, 
you know, get the blood flowing a little bit and getting some feeling in your, in your joints, uh, you're going to have a hard time then trying to also figure out what the lanes are doing. So better to, to loosen up and warm up mm-hmm. as much as you can before the lights come on in practice. Definitely. Hey, question I've got for you, um, and uh, this will relate. I'll, I'll, I'll ask maybe Valerie first to, to share your thoughts on this. And when you're looking, and I'm going back to my time in college, and you know we have uh, uh, a lot of tournaments that we work with the younger players, youth players, and our affiliation with Collegiate Bowling, of course. Uh, but how do you convince, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old or so, um, that they need to take nutrition and you know take a look at their diet when you're in college and you're living off of, you know, four packs of ramen noodles a day or something? How do how do you convince them? you know, that nutrition's important when you haven't even really, and oftentimes if you're, you're 18, 19, you know, you're freshman or junior and uh, sophomore in college, uh, you haven't thought about really the food you're eating. You're just trying to, you know, you're just thinking about just, you know, easing the hunger pains a little bit. And then same thing goes with the, uh, with the exercise uh, for Heather, you know, when if you're not, you know, you feel good, you, your body feels good. You don't feel some of these uh, aches and pains and stuff. So how do you convince them that, uh, at the same time that, that the uh, exercise um, science portion of this is, is also going to be so important and beneficial. Mm, I love that question because I've actually had some recent, um, like just different, or recent revelations. And one being I've, one of my current clients is, um, has, you know, is trying to lose weight, but her, son doesn't need to and he plays high school football but she told me that he hasn't had any soda at all because he wants to perform really well and so I think that people are um, understanding and making that connection of fuel food being fuel and you're gonna you know for lack of a better term feel like crap if you put crap in your body versus, you know, learning, um, like what we just talked about, looking at a nutrition facts label, you may not know everything about all of the ingredients in it, but at least, you know, doing a little bit of research and sure, go online, you'll, you'll find the, the base of what you need to know. Um, and I think that when they take that first step of just understanding that, fuel is energy and if they don't fuel their body then they're not going to have sustained energy to bowl so i'm you know going from football to to bowling it's very similar um you don't if you don't fuel you know i know a lot of people like from what i've asked is they don't eat they maybe they don't even eat breakfast they don't eat while they bowl at all and then they eat a massive meal maybe at lunch maybe at the break and then they go back and um, I actually, you know, I just wrote an article about what about swelling? You know, if you go out and you eat like a fried chicken and French fry meal because you, you know, it tastes good, it smells good, but then you end up, mm-hmm. you know, well, you end up swelling and then you can't get your thumb in the ball and then it's really frustrating. And I, I've been there, <laughs> I've totally been there. And it's, um, and I, you know, you only have to really do it once to to learn. Um, but and then again, or you know, to kind of smooth that out a little bit you just got to do the best the best that you can with what you have so in other words you don't have to know everything and if you don't if you can't afford you know all organic atlantic salmon kale you know all of the fruits and vegetables then you just literally Mm -hmm. just do the best that you can with what you have 
Mm-hmm. Those are all good points for sure. I think a lot of times it comes down to what are their goals? What do they want to do? How far do they want to take bowling? How serious are they about it? Um, so I kind of would throw that question first. And if you want to be one of the best collegiate bowlers out there, those tournaments are demanding. I mean, I remember those mm-hmm. tournaments being so long and you're on your feet all day. And even if you're not throwing shots, you're just standing, you know, say you're not being put in that day because you don't have the best look and your teammates have a better look. Even just standing was exhausting, right? And you got to be up there. you got to be supporting your teammates. You have to be focused and paying attention. So eating all those goodies, and, I mean, we love the parents for bringing all the stuff that they used to bring, you know, the, the cookies, the brownies, all that good stuff. Yeah. But how do you feel afterwards? You know, your energy is going to be a lot more depleted when you're having that stuff versus maybe choosing some healthier snack options throughout the day. Um And then when it comes to, like, exercising and being prepared for the tournaments, if you get going with a workout regimen, you're going to be a lot more likely to be prepared for those long days. So um, even though bowling isn't a contact sport, we're not running, jumping, we don't have to worry about agility um, or defense, um, it still takes a toll on your body. You're doing all these repetitive motions and we're throwing probably the heaviest ball in any sport that I know of. Uh, so if you think about that, we may not feel the effects right away. Um, but over time, if you want to continue to bowl and bowl in, um, continue to bowl in college and bowl professionally and beyond that, um, you have to take care of your body to keep doing it. So. And then my question would be to, um, to Valerie first and then Heather, all of this stuff we're talking about, it affects us physically, but then also our mental game as well. So how does eating properly and, and fueling our body, how does that help our mental game out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's such a good question. There, there, uh, there's a ton yeah, physiologically that happens when you are not. So, so say you eat the things that you talked about, like the brownies and the cookies and the chocolate bars and um, all those seemingly good, good treats then you're providing your body with a ton of sugar, which then your blood sugar spikes, um, you know, insulin comes out, it drops your blood sugar. So then there's like the spike in energy, but then the dip. Then if you think about what, it, what's like, what, are, where are the micronutrients? So all of those vitamins and minerals that you, your body, your brain, um, and then, you know, other cells in your body need to uh, function optimally. And so, I mentally, you're probably going to notice a brain fog. You're going to notice fatigue. For me, when I was in college, I, I suffered that a lot. And I think, you know, it was because I didn't know. And people don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so if you're listening to this podcast, clearly you want to learn, which is incredible. Um, I applaud you for that. Um, and so just figuring out or at least attempting little by little to make um, the more informed choices. So eating, asking for fruits and vegetables and the things that we talked about and then testing it out, you know, um, evaluating your mental clarity, um, evaluate. And then I mean, there's so much more, <laughs> there's so much more to it than your nutrition in terms of it's a mental game. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, because again, it's not like a end all be all. Cause of course, you know, Heather's going to talk about the physical, side of that and how that affects your 
mental performance. So it's a lot, um, a lot of variables. But of course, if you can control one of them a little bit more, then you're going to see an improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, on the physical side, what's really interesting is the more you work out and the better shape you get in, the more you understand your body. Um, so when you do get in a funk bowling wise, um, it, it helps you can kind of feel things a little bit more, right? Your proprioception is a little bit um, more enhanced. So um, I noticed that when I practice, I can feel little things in my swing or at the bottom of my release a lot better versus when I didn't train as much. Um, and I mean, that's a hard, it's hard because we don't really have a ton of research out there on this, but I can almost guarantee it because we see it in all of their sports. Um, so I don't know how bullying would be any different. So um, with that being said, it's going to help with your focus and getting out of those funks when you're in a tournament and you just don't know, you know, timing is really off. You can't figure it out. Um, maybe just having that proprioception and that body awareness of where you're at in space can help you kind of come back to you and figure that out. So um, that can help with your mental toughness a ton and then just mm-hmm. being able to push through workouts and build that confidence that you can do that is going to translate into your performance on the lanes as well. And final, final question I've got uh, uh, for you, Heather, I was thinking, um, you know, you look at bowling and the way, it is, whether you're left-handed or right-handed, typically it's one or you know, two-handed player from one side of the body. You know, when I look at, you know, Ryan Simonelli, for example, in his left forearm is like the size of my leg, right? <laughs> And, and yep. like, and, and the right forearm is like a normal, you know, person's like, what do you, how, do, how does a bowler, you know, which I'm sure the tendencies are right there for everybody. How does the bowler uh, get some kind of a balanced uh, body when the tendencies are for, you know, one leg is stronger than the other one shoulder is stronger than the other one arm. What kind of tips do you have for that? <laughs> yes. I have to laugh at uh, Simonelli's Popeye arm, we call it. It is. It's enormous. It's yep. unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, it's we're a very um, asymmetrical sport. You know, we're throwing with one arm. We're, we're balancing on one leg. So that is why we see so many um, long-term chronic overuse injuries in our sport. Um, so we're not getting, like, the contact injuries. We're not getting a concussion. But we're getting these long-term, you know, tendinitis of your left knee, um, tendinitis in your bicep. Um, So when you train, it's so, so important to help balance that out to prevent those things from happening down the road. Um, But that's why even more reason why more than any other sport, we should be training and doing stuff outside of the bowling alley to get our bodies moving in different directions, different planes of motion, because when we're bowling, we're just doing the same thing over and over again. We're not getting that change of direction and um, we're not moving laterally. So we get, you know, these areas that are so underworked that we have to balance things out a little bit better. All right. Well, ladies, want to thank you for joining us. This is a little bit off of what we usually do, but it all does tie into college bowling and, um, and helping everyone who's listening to the show improve their game and continue uh, because it all starts with nutrition. It all starts behind the foul line. We hear a lot of things about that. It starts behind the foul line before you step on the approach. So again, want to thank Heather for joining us and Valerie as well. 
all the best of luck in both of your games and then your fitness goals that you're working towards. And I guess my final thing would be, ladies, where can people go if they're interested in learning more about either of you and what you guys can do to help them get on the right path? Heather, you can go first. Okay. Um, I've got my Bullfit website. It's just bullfit.com. Um, my email address is bullfit at gmail.com. So pretty easy to remember. Um, you can contact me through either of those avenues. Just, you know, shoot me a message. Let me know what exactly it is you're looking for, what your goals are. Um, and we can kind of go from there with everybody that's interested in learning more. I always do like a free consultation to figure out where you're at, what your goal is and figure that out together. So. Yeah, and similarly, um, my website is Burberry Health, so B-E-R-B-R-Y health.com, and my email is Valerie at Burberry Health.com, and you can find me at Instagram, Burberry Health. It's all about Burberry. <laughs> and if you, um, <laughs> want, if you there's a backstory on that. Um, I can share that another time. But if you, um, say it's similar to Heather, we do um, consults on, you know, if you have a nutrition goal or weight loss or, you know, just some sort of health, it's, you know, consult. Um, that's, that's free because we essentially just care about helping people move forward in their, in their lives and obviously to grow the sport. And a lot of well, times if you your... contact one yeah. of us, you end up talking to both of us because we do a lot of stuff together with our clients. We have a lot of three-way calls. So if you reach out to one of us, you'll probably end up hearing from both. That's true. Well, we'll, def- we'll definitely reach back out to you. We'll have to hear this backstory a little bit about that. And uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to fitness and nutrition. I mean, this, is, this has been just terrific and look forward to doing this again. Awesome, Tim. Thank you so much. And Steve. Yeah, thank you so much for having us.